Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. YouTube sucks. Google sucks. The whole thing sucks. If you're not dealing with that this morning, consider yourself damn lucky. Now, Bo, I'm telling you, right here ain't going to be no problem. Well, I can see he's going to be a major asset. And besides, Andy, he's one hellacious watchdog. <laughs> well, let's get going. Oh, whoa. Uh, hold a minute. What? I, I got a casting question. Sure. You mean to tell me we're going to drive from here to Texarkana, Texas, and back to here in 28 hours. It's only 900 miles there, 900 miles back. Well, for your information, that ain't never been done, not no rig. That's because you and I ain't never done it, no rig. you got to stop thinking so negative, son. Of course we can make it. We ain't never not made it yet, have we? No. You see? He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. We're going to do what they say can be done. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Hey! Howdy, hi, and top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee, and uh, we don't expect to catch Justin Waller today. He has got to... uh, uh, babysit essentially and so he won't be able to jump on this morning we are expecting him back tomorrow doug is on the way and we're going to be talking <laughs> i can't wait to get his take on his terrible 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 las vegas raiders they suck they're done put a fork in them they are absolutely trash at this point and they fire their defensive coordinator so we look forward to that uh, the next thing up on the docket would be that Pittsburgh Buffalo game. Pittsburgh was just absolutely atrocious. And I don't know if I can sit here anymore and listen to people talk about Pittsburgh being elite and being able to make a run in the NFL playoffs. We saw them exposed against Washington, but what we now look, the one thing that I will say for Pittsburgh fans out there. They were coming off a short week. They have not had a bye week in a while because of the gaffes made by the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. But that's realistically just excuses. That's all it is is excuses. It's not really reasons why why you're being terrible. It's just excuses why you're being terrible. So... I kind of have to put that theory to bed. What else I have to put to bed is the idea that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be able to go through the plus. Now that they've lost, it's going to make it a very, very tough climb for them to be able to make a run and also make 
a stab at the home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Because when you look at it right now, obviously Kansas City has the upper hand. They have only one loss. Pittsburgh has two. They both have the same conference record. Right now, the tiebreaker supposedly goes to Kansas City. I don't know if that's the way it'll be at the end of the season, but right now, if they end up in a tie, it goes to Kansas City. Now, a lot of that would have to do with how everyone finishes. Let's say Pittsburgh wins out. Let's say that happens. Now, Pittsburgh, they still have to play. They're at the Bengals this coming weekend. They're going to get healthy there. I believe that's actually, yes, that's the next Monday night. So what a terrible Monday night game they give us. Uh, they've got to find a way to start being able to flex these games. The Monday night games need to be better. Then they play the Colts. They can probably win that one. The Colts are looking good, but they'll probably win that one. It's in Pittsburgh, you would think. Then they're at the Browns. What will the two of them be playing for at the at that point? Who knows? But those are two tough games in one what you would... I don't want to sit here and put anyone down, but the Bengals is an easy game. And Dean's uh, chiming in saying Pittsburgh was always overrated this season. I agree. I think that they've played a fairly weak schedule, and I also believe that Pittsburgh uh, won, won through, I always like to call it running through the raindrops. They had some games that they could have easily lost that went their way. They almost blew it a ridiculous lead to the Tennessee Titans. What were they at, 27-3 or whatnot at the half? And they almost lost that game. So, Pittsburgh, as much as everyone wants to point to Tom Brady and whatnot, Ben Roethlisberger looked old last night. Ben Roethlisberger, for the first time in a long time, to me, looked like an old quarterback out there. I'm not saying he can't navigate his way through a playoff season, hell, he, he's a veteran. But he did not look dynamic. That team didn't look, didn't look dynamic. They shut down Deontay Johnson. Thanks a lot, fantasy football. But they shut down Deontay Johnson. Juju Smith-Schuster was the only one that was getting open. There was essentially no running game. The defense is still elite. I'm not putting the defense down. But you can't keep running the defense out there over and over and over and expect to to uh, have them just shut a team down like the Buffalo Bills. So we, so we go to what? where's Kansas City at on this? Kansas City has shown some chinks in the armor too, but they do go to the Saints this week. But unless Drew Brees is going to magically come back this week, which the signs were pointing uh, as of last Thursday that he was not going to come back, they said they would not rush him back. I wonder if that might have changed after watching Taysom Hill, everyone thought it was going to be Jalen Hurts that was going to get exposed yesterday. It was Taysom Hill that got exposed for what a fraud he is. Look, everyone keeps trying to tell us that Taysom Hill is going to be a great starting quarterback in the National Football League. That's why they had to lock him up. Remember they locked him up to a four or five year deal during the offseason? He is what he is and his biggest strength is being that utility knife, so to speak, that, that Swiss Army knife, so to speak, where you can use him in different facets. When he is just the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Saints offense is very pedestrian. But what the, what the Chiefs have, they got to go to the Saints. It's going to be a tough game. 
because let's be honest, the Saints are not what they are when Drew Brees is on the field, but that is a good defense. It'll be in the dome. I would think they're still going to allow fans in there. The last game they had there, they were the, there was around 25,000, 30,000 fans there. So it, it won't be packed out and rocking, but it's it's gonna it's not going to be an easy win, especially coming off a loss like they did. But after that, KC's got the Falcons and the Chargers at home in KC. And if they need those wins, they're going to get those wins. I don't see a path where the Pittsburgh Steelers get a bye now. And when you can't get a bye, if it were to start today, the playoffs were to start tomorrow morning, you know what you have in the first round of the playoffs? This is, a, this is an intriguing matchup. You would have the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Miami Dolphins. And if the Miami Dolphins wanted to be serious about winning the damn game instead of just, oh, we're going to make sure Tua gets his snaps, they would roll the beard out there, Mr. Fitzpatrick out there, because I think Fitzpatrick would give them a hell of a chance to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. They probably won't. They'll probably get out there and say, well, Tua's learning. He's got to learn how to win and lose. But if you're a Dolphins fan, do you actually want to do, take, do something with this season? Tua's got to sit on the bench. He looks like a college quarterback out there in the NFL right now. Some quarterbacks never transcend to the next level. Some just need a little, little time. I think Tua just needs a little time, to be honest with you. But Miami's going to keep screwing around, and they won't be in the playoffs. Is is, is what's going to happen with Miami? They've got to they've got to go to the beard. They've got to. If it's not Miami, it would be Pittsburgh at home against the Baltimore Ravens. It, if Baltimore wins tonight, they would be tied with the Dolphins. So either way you look at that, Pittsburgh is not a shoe in to win that next round. There actually be some pretty darn good matchups if we get. If it were to end today, I would love these matchups. You would have Pittsburgh against Miami and or Baltimore. Either one. Whichever one you want to do. You would have Buffalo at home against the Colts. Tell me that wouldn't be a lot of fun to watch. Watch that Colts defense try to shut down Josh Allen and company. And conversely, what can Buffalo's defense do with the Colts team that is really starting to move the ball? And then in the other game, this would be a great rematch, would it not? The Tennessee Titans would be at home against the Cleveland Browns that just kicked the crap out of them last week. And you trying to tell me that there wouldn't be some, some vengeance on their mind? I would love to see that matchup. It would be great, great theater. Looking over in the NFC right now, if we went, if it's ended today, the Packers would host the Cardinals. Yeah, they'd probably get boat raced. Let, let's be honest. I think the AFC playoffs are going to be much more fun than the NFC playoffs. The Saints. I'm sorry. I had that. Sorry. Packers would have the bye. The Saints would host the Cardinals. I, I, I still don't give the Cardinals a chance in hell of a winning in that game. But it would be a little interesting. Rams would host the Buccaneers. I hate to tell you Bucks fans, but the Rams are for real. And Washington, believe it or not, with their terrible 6-7 and seven record, they would host the Seattle Seahawks. 
that's intriguing to me because Washington's defense is playing better and better. Now, we're actually going to see this matchup this coming weekend. The Seahawks are going to Washington. What is going on with Alex Smith? Was it really a minor injury that they're just being precautious? Or are they going to have to roll out Dwayne Haskins? If they roll out Dwayne Haskins, then that matchup is probably going to be the Giants because Dwayne Haskins is absolutely terrible. And he, he looked terrible again yesterday for the little bit that he got in. Washington, if they have to navigate the rest of the season without Alex Smith, I think it's a wrap. They're going to have to play the Seahawks, the Panthers, and then at Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And the Eagles still have a chance at this playoff run, unbelievably as it may sound. They're 4-8-1. They're a half game out, and they are going to host the Washington Reds, uh, the Washington football team at the end of the season. So there you have that. Speaking of that, did y'all see that uh, the Cleveland Indians are no more? I don't know if they're going to do a Washington-type deal. They'll probably do that this first season and call themselves the Cleveland baseball team. Oh, God. I mean, this is all turning into uh, uh, European soccer. Well, they're just going to call on each other the football clubs and the baseball clubs. A moniker and a nickname that has been with the Cleveland franchise for 105 years. They were actually calling them uh, the Indians before that, but it officially became 105. You're going to keep seeing 105 on there. They were being called the Cleveland Indians as early as 1904. And... What is unbelievable about that story that they're changing this name that a lot of people don't realize is that the, the reason why they called themselves the Cleveland Indians, Chief Bender was their best pitcher at the time. He, he was a Native American descent. I'm not sure if he was full-blooded, but he was definitely at least half, right? So he, he identified as a Native American. They became known as the Cleveland Indians after because back then okay when you first started these these teams years and years and years ago we're talking about 1800s and whatnot you usually took on the moniker of your best player so before that they were called the cleveland naps and i always thought that was a funny name when i was in case like a nap why, why, why the hell did they take a nap it was a nickname that they had picked up from their best player at the time his name was nap la Hoya, okay their best pitcher becomes chief bender in the 1900s early 1900s and they started becoming known as the Indians. The fans were coming out dressed in Indian garb, but it was to honor Chief Bender specifically. So when they take this nickname away, everyone thinks it is going to be this great move towards wokeness is the, is the best word I can use for it. But what you're really doing is you are trashing a man's legacy who was a minority. That is the irony of the entire thing. There's no telling what they're going to end up naming their team. There's a lot of things that Cleveland can go with. I would say you go with some kind of rock and roll theme. We've, we, we've had this uh, debate on the show before, and there were a number, one, number of them uh, thrown out there, and we'll probably do that again shortly, do a, uh, a list of... Uh, we, we might actually do that tomorrow. Come up with real nicknames for Washington and Cleveland. But what I'm saying is when you get rid of this nickname like they did yesterday, you have basically erased the history 
of Chief Bender, a minority. And so that's the irony. And you always get this with this woke crowd. They want to tear everything down to build new, and they think better. But it is sad and pathetic that we are at a stage that we no longer value the history, not just of our country, but the history of the people that came before us. Guys like Chief Bender. Anyways. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on from that. We're going to talk college football. We're going to take a really, really quick break. When we come back, college football, woo, it was it was, it was, was put on their heels, on their ears Saturday night. As the Gators fell, Miami got blown out by North Carolina. A couple other things happened. We're going to take a look at what does the college football playoff landscape look like today, and is there a path to get one of the big-time underdogs, the Cinderella's, into the playoffs. I think there is, and we're going to talk about it here in a second. Keep it locked in here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. The only one who's going to tell me when I'm through doing my thing is you people here. That's how we do it in Detroit. This is Sean O'Toole with the Armchair Quarterbacks. Catch me drive time with Matt McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. They are a Glock, blue label dealer for military and first responders. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. The friendly gun shop. Proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. And a country boy can survive. Lopez hits one deep to left field and down the line, and that one is fair. It hits the foul pole screen. Six to two. Every morning this spring and summer, the armchair quarterbacks will be headed to Braves country. Along with the big headlines of the day, the armchair quarterbacks will be leading off with the Atlanta Braves, National League East, and everything in between. That's Braves country. Right after batting practice, weekdays on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Javi Lopez, who hit 14 during the regular season and can hit him as far as anybody. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com, listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Southern College football fan? Are you a Seminole, Hurricane or Gator, Bulldog, Yellow Jacket, Gamecock or Tiger? Is it Roll Tide or War Eagle, Good Old Rocky Top, LSU or Old Miss, or the Mississippi State Cowbell? Whoever your team is throughout this Southern land, Dixie Football Nation is your show. 
We cover ACC, SEC, so find us on the Armchair Quarterbacks Network today because it's always football season throughout the South, and Dixie Football Nation has got you covered. Wildcats, Wolverines, Although edited, tonight's thriller contains suspense and violence which may be unsuitable. Parental discretion is advised. I got a reputation going around. I ain't never been the kind of back down. Welcome back! I've thrown a punch or two and gave hey, let's a not forget the Dallas Cowboys. They're still hanging in there, too. They improved the 4 and 9. So they still have an outside chance. At the, it, it's unbelievable how close this NFC race, NFC East race is. As bad as that division is, it's still the most intriguing of all the divisions top to bottom. No other division in all of football realistically can still claim that all four teams can win going into week 15. No other division. You can make an argument here and there, and you can, you know, you draw the crop circles and say, hey, this team's got a chance. I got a chance. No, but top to bottom, the Dallas Cowboys, the Giants, Washington, Philly, they all have a fighting chance. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Okay, college football. Heidi, ho, ho, ho. First of all, let's rip the band aid off of Auburn. Uh, they lose their coach. They fire him. They say, we're done. We had enough of this. We can't be good one year, bad two years. Good one year, bad two years, which is essentially what you have with Auburn. They win 24 to 10, right? Auburn wins 24 to 10 to finish six and four in a pandemic year. A year where... You could not predict a lot of things that were going to happen. There were a lot of obstacles, a lot of hurdles. I felt like most coaches should get a pass. Well, that's not the case. Auburn wins 24 to 10, finishing six and four in SEC play. They fire Gus Malzahn. They say they've named the defense corner still is the interim head coach. I guess that means that they're willing to go to a bowl game. Um, a lot of teams are backing out of the bowl games teams. Now, now some of them are funny. Some of them aren't going to, weren't going to be asked to go to a bowl game because you were losing a lot of bowl games, but Auburn probably will get invited to a bowl game six and four in the sec probably gets you in this year, even with all the bowl games that are being lost. And I think they're going to try to regionalize a lot of these bowl games, meaning there's a lot of bowls in the South state of Florida, mainly Florida. We know is an open red state. They're going to want as many bowl games as, is the committees will allow it's going to be up to each individual bowl committee on whether or not they want to do it. And that will all come down to whether it's Florida or whatever state you're talking about outside of the big, the really big bowl games that have the super contracts. You don't care about having a bowl game this year. If you can't put fans in the stands. So if you are running a bowl game in California, 
but it is a meaningless bowl game, not the Rose Bowl. I'm talking about a meaningless game, one that you're only doing it so fans will come out and see the state of California. That Those kind of bowl games are going to get extinct. I would think probably the Holiday Bowl, but I'm not sure what the Holiday Bowl's television contract sets at. They're one on the cusp. Like The Holiday Bowl is a pretty respectable bowl. It usually drags a Pac-12 team, and I think the secondary team is somewhere out, out, out in that area as well. They used to make it an independent choice, but I believe it's now locked in with the Pac-12 and maybe even it might even be the Mountain West or whatnot. But regardless, if the TV money isn't there, there's no point of bringing someone to the Holiday Bowl, which is in San Diego, by the way. There's no reason to bring them in because if you can't go watch the game, the bowl games, as much as they are for the players as a reward, they are also there for the fans. And by the way, I cannot, before I get on the NFL, I cannot believe how bad of a call it was by the referees to not give the Saints that onside kick. It clearly hit the Philadelphia Eagles' foot. In that scrum. Clearly. And the Saints clearly fell on the ball. Anyways. But back to the college football. We're going to get less bowl games. If Auburn does go to a bowl game, it's going to be without Malzahn. So we move on from that. Some of the names that I'm hearing that could be in for Auburn. And this will be probably start heating up very, very quickly. Because I believe this week is the uh, college football early signing period. I believe it was slated. It was really strange because just the way the pandemic shaped all of our schedules, they, uh, with it being the, the week of championship week, because you know they didn't want to set it up going into uh, – the Christmas weekend, yes, yes, I'm correct. It's it's this Wednesday, December 16th. So they've got to start getting some rumblings fairly quick because this is going to affect your recruiting for this season if you don't get something decided. I mean, good God, you'd have to have it done really quickly. So they're, they're probably just punting on, on this offseason. If you can't get it done by Wednesday – probably today or tomorrow is what you really have to get it done by, then you're essentially, and even if you get a guy in there, how is he going to be able to talk to a boatload of recruits all at once and say, come with me, right? So whoever you get, and this is the problem with waiting as long as they did, if you're going to fire him, I mean, if you're going to fire him now, yesterday, why didn't you fire him two weeks ago? Why didn't you fire him right after they were boat raced by Alabama? That that would have been the play. Fire him, let an interim coach take over, get a guy in there so that by now you have a guy in place, and by now you are rolling into recruiting. But the, here's the names that we're hearing. Hugh Freeze, obviously at Liberty. We all know his background. Steve Sarkeesian. Alabama assistant, they both have huge clouds over them. Hugh Freeze broke a boat ton of NCAA rules. We know that. 
And outside of that, Steve Sarkeesian, he, he's the one that got drunk and started telling off, uh, <laughs> telling off all the USC uh, supporters at some kind of a function, and he had to put himself into rehab and whatnot. So both of them have huge clouds over. And then the other name that I cannot believe that they would even put this up there is Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Now, if Lane Kiffin leaves to go to Ole Miss after one year to go to Auburn, you know the first thing everyone's going to think of is when he pulled that same stunt to go from the University of Tennessee to Southern Cal. But this time he'll be doing it in conference. I would hate to see that for an Ole Miss fan. You just got rejuvenated. You, you just got a lot of excitement into your program. But I hate to tell you, <laughs> the devil inside me really wants to see Lane Kiffin at Auburn going head-to-head with Nick Saban year after year after year. Because he is one person that does not kiss the ring of Nick Saban, right? Nick Saban is being, is treated as, as royalty. Lane Kiffin will not kiss his ring, and that would be an ultimate fight every single year. I'd say it would it would be all during offseason. You would constantly get quips by Lane Kiffin. But I can't believe they're already talking about him. The other names of interest, Mario Cristobal. He is the head coach of Oregon. Remember, he's the one that stayed when Willie Taggart went to Florida State. And when that happened, a lot of the boosters at FSU were ticked off because they did not think they should hire Willie Taggart without the assurance of Cristobal coming with him. What does Cristobal bring to the table other than the fact that he's done pretty well at Oregon? He has a huge pipeline for recruiting down here in the Southeast. So he's an intriguing name. Mike Gundy. That would be another fun, fun one. You know, the, I'm a man, I'm 40. That Mike Gundy. By the way, his Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, that he kissed his ring because he wore an OAN shirt. OAN t-shirt. It's just, it's, it's, it's a news station t-shirt, right? He kissed his ring and demanded that, uh, he Hubbard demanded that Gundy kowtow publicly to him and apologize and whatnot. He opted out of the season on, on Saturday morning. So that's what you get. When, when you placate to these 19, 20-year-old punks who don't really have your best interests in mind, when he pulled the stud he did about the OAN t-shirt, he did that to publicly shame you because he doesn't give two craps about you. And you should have said, kick rocks, baby boy. You can go ahead and, and we'll see you. And I guarantee you, see, Hubbard ended up leading the uh, college football in rushing. But you don't let him play or you don't kowtow to him. You say you can play if you want to, but you're not going to tell me what I can wear and what, what television station I can watch. He made it out like he, like he wore this terrible you know, racist T-shirt. It was a television station. 
It would be the equivalent of a really conservative kid who's big-time Republican, MAGA, whatever, demanding that his coach apologize for wearing an MSNBC or CNN t-shirt, right? That's not right. So how the hell is the other one right? So anyways, and I'm by no mean am I backing OAN. I don't have a, an opinion on them. I've, I've watched it. They do seem a little loony, but not to the point of where this kid was basically threatening this man's job. So now he's gone, and now we're talking about Gundy going in to Auburn. That would be an interesting twist. They're talking about Tom Allen of Indiana. I'm already eliminating that. I don't like the fit. I just really don't. I think Tom Allen of Indiana, first of all, he should stay where he's at. If you can win at Indiana like he's done and brought brought in recruits like he has done, man, I say stay there, baby. I think Tom Allen is like around 50. You could be on easy street for the next 15 years and retire. Very wealthy man and a king in a state that's not known for football. You bring any kind of semblance to football. Indiana, has, this has not just popped up. This wasn't a one-year lucky, lucky Lou kind of thing. Indiana has been progressively getting better over the last three to four seasons. Tom Allen is the big reason why I would not go to Auburn if I'm Tom Allen. I would stay in Indiana. I'm not saying that I would never leave Indiana. Would I go to an elite team? Possibly. But don't leave Indiana where you're going to be praised for winning eight games, nine games in a, in a normal year. And if you do the same thing at Auburn, they're going to be ready to ride you out on a rail. Uh, Dean's asking how many bowl games will be played. My guess is right now, originally what we had was we had, I think, 43 bowl games for this season. I think that was the number. And we've already had a handful uh That, that have been ixnay. We've also already had a handful that have already been agreed upon to be played. So I find that very interesting because I did not realize that we were going to get some of these games played. So there's more that's going to be played than I expected. But as of right now, um, I'd say you're going to get, my guess is around 25 to 30. I'd say closer to 30. But I don't believe we're going to get some of the really, really rinky-dink ones. But I think if the game's being played in the southeast, you're probably good. It's going to be the ones, like for instance, I'm not banking on the Mountain West versus Mac champion playing in the Tucson, Arizona bowl. Or I guess they call it the Arizona bowl, but it's played in Tucson, Arizona. I'm not banking on that getting done. I'm not banking on. I don't even know if the, if the Alamo bowl would get played. I would think it would, but it's a big 12 team versus an at large. It's played in San Antonio, Texas, Texas, has been kind of wishy-washy, so I don't know if that gets played. Some of the ones that are closer 
to the southeast. I fully expect like the Montgomery Bowl to be played. Right now, it's being slated for uh, Memphis and FAU. The New Mexico Bowl, that's another question mark. Are they going to play a game in New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico? Houston versus Hawaii. Is Hawaii really going to, to fly to Albuquerque? I like These are the ones. I think you're going to start with the round a little over 30 being scheduled, and it wouldn't surprise me if about five of those get, get uh, canceled before it's all said and done. So my guess, if I was going to lay a number, the over-under, I would say 30.5. Take the over-under on that. That if, if I was handicapping this, this is what this is where I would be at. The other names that, that they've thrown out for Auburn head coach, these are a little ridiculous. Dan Quinn, really? You're going to take a guy that failed miserably not too far away in Atlanta and has so many jokes on his coaching career at this point and you're going to have him go in and try to recruit against Nick Saban, I just don't see it. I know he's got a great lineage. He was the defense coordinator at the University of Florida about a decade ago under uh, Urban Meyer. All in all, Dan Quinn had a good career with Atlanta. I think he's more likely to stay in the National Football League. Now, he might go the coordinator route and wait for something to open up, or Dan Quinn. I kind of suspect Dan Quinn takes the year off this year, but some of these coaches feel like they have to keep working because if they don't, their name gets lost, right? Um, if I were Quinn, I would probably take the year off and see what's available to me next year. You know you're going to have coordinator positions available, if nothing else. I don't see Dan Quinn rushing into the Auburn job. Brent Venables is very interesting to me. Clemson defensive coordinator. You keep waiting to know where he's going to go. He can't just wait out Dabo Sweeney. Dabo's pretty young. So you don't want to sit behind him, him the rest of his career. They've also talked about the 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 court the, the, the uh, offensive coordinator at Clemson, but he's only 41. I think it's more Venables is almost 50. I think he's 48, 49 years old. His name has circulated several times in the last few years. Florida State job open. They were talking about him. So I could see Venables going to Auburn. That that would be a solid pick. If I was if I was if I was picking for Auburn, my top pick would probably be Venables. And then I would probably say Mario Cristobal. I'm intrigued by Hugh Freeze, and he's saying all the right things now about how he's learned, and I'm all for giving someone a second chance. People make mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. But would you be, would you be too gun-shy to pull the trigger? That's, that's all I'm saying. And then the other, Sarkeesian, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not taking Sarkeesian. He has one bad loss, and he goes on a bender, and no one's there to make sure that he has <laughs> a No, 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 no. I'm not going Sarkeesian, and Kiffin is a huge wild card. The one thing you can say about these guys that coach under Saban, they usually do pretty good, but they usually do terrible versus him, right? I don't think he's ever had a coordinator beat him. So are you going to bring in a coordinator of Saban who's never beaten no coordinator for Saban's ever beaten him. You're Auburn. That's your number one job is to beat him. I don't look at Lane Kiffin as a coordinator under 
Saban because I look at Lane Kiffin as he was an established coach before he ever got there. So the, I, I wouldn't be gunshot on Kiffin. I would be gunshot on Sarkeesian for a couple of reasons. Hugh Freeze is intriguing. But, man, you get him in, around the Auburn boosters, that could be a nightmare. Um, I'll, I, th I, th I think Venables is the solid pick, but is it the sexy pick? And that's, and that's where we sit with that. Real quick on the college football scenarios before we switch gears. Um, right now you've got Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. Those are the obvious top four picks. I've been on record as saying this. I'm still going to say I'm going to double down on this. I can't put Ohio State in my top four with a 5-0 and record when everyone else has played twice as many games. I just can't do it. You have not made your way through a season. We get to the end of a 10-11 game season, and what did we find out on Saturday? Miami, they were a fraud. I've been saying that for weeks because a 10-1 team, that's great, and, and, and you had some big wins. You blew out Florida State, which is a rival for you, but let's be honest, Florida State is in, is in shambles and is – this is a complete rebuild. This is a throwaway. This is a mulligan year for Florida State and Norvell. So you can't even count that as being some great win, right? You have no other signature win. The only signature game that you played, you were blown up by Clemson. So you so you host North Carolina, and if you would have beaten North Carolina, it would have put you in the Orange Bowl, Orange Bowl if Clemson wins the ACC. It's at home. Everything's lined up for you. And you get the doors blown off of you. They were 500 yards rushing from two running backs. It's absurd. So we find out that Miami's a fraud. We found out that Florida was a fraud. And I've been saying this for a while, that I did not believe in Florida going up against Alabama. They are too one-dimensional on offense, and their defense stinks. But they played an incredibly easy schedule, and though Florida fans like to joke around about Tennessee saying we're back, we're back. It was the same. Th if, the, if the shoe was on the other foot and Tennessee had the same season that Florida just had, every Gator fan would have been standing on the top of their chairs, beating the roof, saying, you haven't played anybody. Georgia is not a good Georgia team this year, and the rest of your schedule sucks. You can't stop the run. You can't stop the pass. You have no running game. All you have is a really good wide receiver and a damn good quarterback. That's not going to that's going to get you to a nice bowl game, but that is not going to win you any kind of a ring of any sort, not a conference, nothing. Not in not in the big conferences. Maybe that'll get you a MAC championship, but you're not going to win the SEC championship, ACC, Big 12, none of that if you were that one-dimensional and no defense. And that's what we found out. And some are going to play, well, he threw the cleat. It does not matter. Bama is going to boat race you. The only way Alabama does not beat the living stew out of Florida is if they just honestly don't take this game seriously and say you know what we've we're, we're in the playoffs what do we care let's rest everybody that's the only way i don't think mentally 
Alabama would not show up. That's not in Nick Saban's DNA. So the only way that Alabama doesn't just put the smackdown on Florida is if they bench everybody. That's And I just don't see that happening. So we found out that Miami was what was overrated. Fraud might be a little, a little too aggressive of a word, but they were overrated. They played a weak schedule. Florida, same thing. It was funny to watch Florida fans talk smack about Miami around 6 o'clock Eastern. And by around 11 o'clock Eastern, they were awfully quiet about who was overrated. Southern Cal won again, and they are such a fraud. Their FPI from the, their, the ESPN fake ranking crap that they put on there put Southern Cal as number four in the country. I saw that Saturday night, and I almost lost my lunch. I was like, have you lost your ever-loving mind to put Southern Cal, who once again, they're 5-0, and Ohio State's 5-0. You watch. The committee tomorrow night is going to put you watch. I cannot wait to see as they are going to put Southern Cal somewhere around their top five. I can go ahead and predict what they're going to do. We're going to have Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Number five will be Texas a because they can't go that crazy yet. They will have Southern Cal somewhere, somewhere either right below Texas A&M or right below Cincinnati. And it's asinine and absurd. Southern Cal has squeaked by every terrible big uh, Pac-12 opponent that they have played. And they've done nothing to deserve it. Nothing to deserve it. They found a way to beat USC. I thought watching that game, USC was the better team. They just choked it away. They played a terrible uh, second part of the fourth quarter, and they choked it away. But man-to-man, I think if they played that game ten times, Southern uh, UCLA beat Southern Cal seven out of those ten. But we're going to have to hear about how good they are and how they deserve a chance to prove their worth. We're going to get the big, or sorry, the Pac-12 championship on Friday night. And if Southern Cal wins, we're going to have to listen to how a 6-0 Southern Cal team beat a 3-0, or at the time, USC's 5-0, but they would be 6-0, beat a Washington team, which would now be 3-2, and how that puts them in the playoffs. Same thing with Ohio State. They play this game is so meaningless. It's on at noon. The Big 12 championship is on at noon. That's how meaningless the game is. When was the last time we remember the Big Ten championship game being on at noon? They've always gone head to head with the ACC, right? It's always been, they've always been on at the same time. SEC's at four o'clock, and then and then you deal with which game's bigger at the at the seven thirty eight o'clock ish start, right? Well, this year Fox said we have no shot in hell of anyone watching this. Nobody is going to watch this junk. So instead, what we're going to do? I don't know what Fox has on at that time. I don't. I don't even. See, it's 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 not a big. It's not a top 25 matchup, so I don't know what they're going to have on TV. But Fox is going at noon on Saturday with this game. That's how bad it is. That is laughable.
that it is that bad. They're going to be going head-to-head with Texas A&M, Tennessee, and I bet more eyeballs end up on the Texas A&M, Tennessee game because A&M, if they win, they have an argument to get into the top four. I don't think they belong because, once again, A&M is a fraud. A&M, yeah, they beat Florida, but we all saw that Florida's not that good. They're, Florida's a good team, but they're not outstanding. I actually had a Gator fan, I kid you not, ask me this question yesterday. Do we have a chance to get in the playoffs if we beat Alabama? Hell no! You just got beat by a terrible LSU team at home. Do they have a chance to be in the... uh, Does Kyle Trask have a chance at the Heisman? Hell no. He'll he'll be invited as one of the names to sit there. He he lost the Heisman by halftime of the LSU game. Now see a Florida fan, I know a lot of these Florida fans that only pretty much only watch the Gators and they're gonna be like, that's ridiculous. He had such a great year. You haven't watched Mac Jones. You need to watch Mac Jones pimp, and you will have to watch Mac Jones come Saturday, and you'll find out why he's the Heisman trophy winner. Kyle Trask, to me, fell down quite a bit. I still think he's going to be a good pro prospect. That game was lost by Dan Mullen not taking it seriously. He rested Kyle Pitts because he felt like Kyle Pitts wasn't needed to beat LSU. He thought they would just will their way into a win. That's some bad coaching. Now, I will say this is pretty funny. The same guy asked me yesterday, or, or no, I'm sorry, he made this statement that Dan Mullen has one more year at Florida. The Gator fans aren't going to put up with this. I was like, put up with what? He's got you this far after just being there a couple of seasons. Have you forgotten how bad you were for almost a decade? Yeah, go ahead and fire Dan Mullen and see what happens to you. If you fire Dan Mullen, Florida fans, after what he's done the last couple of seasons. Because he doesn't have an outstanding year next year. We don't know what next year brings, right? He might get a transfer in. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. Let's say he goes mediocre. Normal, hopefully everything will be back to normal. So 12-game season. Let's say he goes 9-3, and 8-4. and four, And you fire him. You will never get a real head coach to come to you ever again. Not a big-time name. Because they're going to look at what am I, nuts? They're going to fire him after one decent year? Not bad, decent Because there's no way Florida's going like 5-7 and seven next year, right? I see it if they go like 3-9 and nine, you go, this is crap. It was only Trask that pulled his chestnuts out of the fire. No, okay, I get that. But that's not going to happen. Do you not see what's going on in Knoxville? Do you not see what's going on in Tallahassee? It was an absurd statement. And he said, well, I'm telling you, Florida fans are not going to put up with this. They think that they are elite. And he said it so many times. I looked down and I said, I think you think Florida is elite and should be right there with Alabama. Don't Don't pin that on all Gator fans. You think you're Alabama. 
Urban Meyer made you think that for a few years. You're not Alabama. Alabama is a factory. I think I, I think Florida's pretty close. It's, it's about as close as it gets. When they're playing well, F- Florida can r- can run off several uh, seasons in a row. Same thing with Florida State. When they have it going, they've got the pipeline to run it off. Miami, they can do it. But to fire Dan Mullen because next year he doesn't get you to the SEC title game or win the national championship, some other ridiculous thing, I mean, that's just absurd. On so many levels, that is absurd. Doesn't shock me I heard it from from a fan because that's how fans are, right? We're fanatical, but that's just crazy. See, Dean's uh, saying with a lot of teams that go to bowl games and still lose money by still going. Well, the teams aren't going to lose the money. It's the bowl games that will lose the money because the teams get paid to go to these games. They get paid. They're going to get a chunk of the check. What's going to hurt and thin the herd as far as getting rid of a lot of the bowl games or some of the bowl games is you not being able to sell tickets. Now, some of that goes to the fact that it depends on how it's set up. It depends on the bowl game. Some of it's set up where you get a portion of the tickets you sell and some of it is, and some of the bowl games is set up where you get a higher stake to come and the tickets are what they are. But yes, I, I agree that it could thin the herd to a, to a possibility to thin the herd, but I, I don't think it's likely for that to be the reason. I think what's likely to happen is if you find out you can't have fans in the stands or you can only have 5,000 fans or whatever the hell it is, teams are going to pull the plug. They might pull the plug the week before the game. They might pull the plug two days before the game and say, we, we couldn't sell tickets. No one wanted to travel. It's off. So we might start off with 30 bowl games, and by the time they actually get played, if that's the question, how many that actually get played, I'll be honest with you, as a fan, as late as they started this, I would be fine with 15 bowl games. Give us the, the playoffs and the championship, that's three, and give us the the you know the the power six, or I'm sorry, the the uh power five uh field of six games. Give me those and give me a handful of the others. Maybe give me the Tax Slayer Bowl here in Jacksonville, Citrus Bowl down in Orlando. Give me a few others. I don't need 30-something, 40 games, 40 bowl games. We're going to have so much stuff going on. If there's just a few games that are of interest, I'll be fine with it. I, I'm not against them playing. I've always said if you're going to sit there and bitch and moan about there being too many college football bowl games, don't watch it, Karen. Jeez. No one's forcing you to watch it, Karen. I don't stand up on a freaking pedestal or a soapbox and talk about how terrible Grey's Anatomy is and no one should watch it. If you want to waste your time watching it, watch it. 
And who? why do you care if someone else is watching it? Let them be entertained. That's all I'm saying. What's the difference about someone wasting their time watching a bowl game that you're not interested in and someone watching, oh, by the way, the worst thing on the planet, me and my wife tried to watch The Prom. We didn't know what it was about. We just saw it was trending on Netflix. We got 15 minutes into that junk and turned it off. It is atrocious. I'll get into that on the next on, on the next segment because you're not going to want to miss the uh, the take on this. We're going to be back in a flash for the armchair quarterbacks. Doug, Red Raider Doug is with us, and we're going to be talking the National Football League. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Oh, Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. The New York Mets have named Jared Porter as their general manager. Jared Porter once referred to his time with Theo Epstein as a masterclass in baseball operations. Porter has spent the last four years as Arizona's assistant general manager, following stints as a director of professional scouting with the Red Sox and Cubs. In Boston and Chicago, Porter helped to end World Series droughts, winning world titles in 2004, 2007, 2013, and 2016. Three of those four came alongside Theo Epstein. And it is now official for the New York Mets. They signed catcher James McCann to a four-year deal worth $40 million once a signing bonus is factor in. James McCann in 2019 batted 273, 18 home runs for the White Sox. In limited time this past season, he had six home runs and 15 RBI. And Jeff Passan of ESPN reports the Cleveland Indians will be dropping their nickname. The Indians have been called that nickname for more than a century and over 17,000 games. Scores in the National Football League from yesterday. Bears, 36-7 winners over the Texans. Cowboys over the Bengals, 30-7. Chiefs, 33-27 winners over the Dolphins. Cardinals, 26. Giants, 7. Buccaneers, 26-14 over the Minnesota Vikings. Broncos, 32-27 winners at Carolina. The Titans roll up the Jaguars, 31-10. Derrick Henry with over 200 yards once again in Jacksonville. Colts, 44-27 winners at the Raiders. 40-3, the Seahawks beat the Jets. Packers, 31-24 at the Lions. And Jalen Hurts stole the show, beating Taysom Hill and the Saints, 24-21. Chargers over the Falcons, 20-17. Washington, 23-15 winners over the 49ers. And tonight, we have the Ravens at the Browns, a battle for the AFC playoffs. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's wake-up show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. Pretty cool! Pretty cool! Woo! Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Down. Here's Tua stepping back. Loads up. Looks long. Throws. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. Alabama. Devontae Smith. Touchdown. Alabama. 
and the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Again, it's going to be Propel, Wing, and the kicker, Drew Alamo. LSU remains undefeated. Passes away, penalty flag down. Lamar Thomas has got it. Lamar Thomas is on his way down the sideline. George Steve is after him and runs him down. Takes the ball. Takes the ball away from him. He's got the ball. Well, congratulations to the LSU Tigers, the 2008 BCS National Champion. Armchair. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! Now on Sunday mornings at a new time, we're going 11 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern with the NFL Fantasy Football Stardom Sinem Pick'em Show. We do DFS, season-long fantasy, and we keep a winning record against the spread. 11 to noon on Sundays, the armchair quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. Real men of genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Every year you assemble your closest friends to prepare for another season in the knockdown, drag-out world of make-believe football. You were born with the one skill every manager needs to play fantasy football. Absolutely no skill playing real football. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager. Make sure to join the Armchair Quarterbacks right here. You want to win your league? Then listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks. And don't be scared to tap that app. Find the Armchair Quarterbacks app today. Fantasy football time. It's fantasy football time. We got to start with a group selfie. Um, excuse me. Didn't Ellen do this like three years ago? Hey, does Tay Diggs follow you on Twitter? No, but Kraft Singles does. One more time around the sun, I take it, I run around this world rock and give it all I got. I live and let live, forget and forgive. Please don't Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. And joining us today is Red Raider Doug. Normally I would play the, uh, the Raider uh, uh, chant or whatever you want to call that that they did on NFL Network years ago, but not today because you took one right on the chin, got your doors blown off, and you were, uh, well, let's be honest. The Raiders were exposed as frauds yesterday. 44-27 losers at home. What say you, Doug? (laughs) Frauds aren't the words that I would use for it. Defensively, we're frauds. 
thank God Paul Gunther is gone this morning. So yeah, it's 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 but too that, little too late though. It's too little too late. Oh, I know, I know. But that score that actually the only the only excuse I'll give with this game is that score is not quite the blowout it was. You have one great play in the end, in the, in the um. The Raiders were driving down to make it 21-17 or 21-14. And he throws an interception, and then uh, which goes for points. And then later on, an incredibly boneheaded play that leads to more points. So offensively, I'm happy with the Raiders. I'll say that. I'll, the Raiders' offense played their, their you, tails off yesterday. Well, you sound like but, a damn Gator fan. <laughs> offensively, <laughs> we're fine, and we should be allowed to play in the playoffs. Our defense is trash, and there's no running game. But offensively, we're fine. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Well, well this dumpster fire. I have to at least for this week. I have to. I have to sit through it and look for some kind of silver lining. But no, it was. It was horrible to watch. It was just. Yeah, we're just going down the tubes at this point. So. I don't. I don't blame you for saying frauds, because yeah, down it, it the does stretch. Like well, that's been the theme for today. We found out the Miami Hurricanes were frauds. The Florida Gators are frauds. Uh, I still say Southern Cal is a fraud. We'll find out. If they let them in the damn playoffs, everyone will find out how big of a fraud they are. They are not an elite team. They happen to be undefeated at 5-0 and in the Pac-12 because they've, of the short season that they agreed to. They've played nobody. I'm sorry. You can't let them in the playoffs. Because they decided not to play half their season. Oh, we're undefeated. We found ways to beat terrible teams. I don't care if they do beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship, which you have to put a championship. You didn't have a championship when you only played five games. What is this, peewee football? Um, but anywho, uh, frauds are probably a little strong. I was just giving you a hard time, realistically. But I know, I know. You, if you look at – this is what I'm looking at, Doug. You're seven and six. Let's say best case scenario, Baltimore loses tonight in their seven and six. So who are you trying to beat out for that final spot? The Dolphins. Well, you got to beat the Dolphins. Think, That's you got to beat the Dolphins at least. I, mean, I think we just it's have to over win. with the, the Colts have essentially put themselves in the playoffs. They would have to lose their next three games not to get in because they have a two-game lead on you, right? Right. And they have the, the tiebreaker. So the Colts are in the playoffs, I believe. I yeah. I really I was honestly convinced the Raiders would step up, play a little better defense, the offense would be enough to get a win at home. And I thought we would be talking this morning about an eight and five. Raider team, which would be tied with the Colts and the Dolphins and and basically have everything right there for them for the taking next week. But yeah. it's an uphill climb now. Now, granted, they're at home the next few weeks. They don't... They play at home against the Chargers. Oh, that's Thursday night. I didn't realize that was a Thursday night game. Okay, so that's the Thursday night game. Chargers, that's obviously a must win. You lose that game, you might as well go ahead and start trading draft picks and moving up in the in the order. Um, yep. Even if you get that W, it's next week that comes down to the, the, the Dolphins game. You've got to win the Dolphins game. There's no ifs, ands, yep. or buts. 
And if Miami would pull their head out of their ass and put Fitzpatrick in the lineup, Miami is the better team. But with Tua, if they if they still hard nose, we got to start Tua developing the young quarterback. Even though we're in the playoff race, if they continue to go with Tua, you've got a chance. Hell, they might lose to the Patriots this weekend with two in there. Tua looks like a, I'm sorry, but Tua looks like a college quarterback out there among men. He's easily rattled, doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Jalen Hurts looks like an NFL quarterback. Yes, he does. I watched that game in its entirety yesterday. Jalen Hurd should have started should have started three or four weeks ago playing like that yesterday. Have I only been saying that for like a month, like a freaking month? Yeah. What is the worst thing that could happen if you put Jalen Hurts in? He can't play worse than, than Carson Wentz. Yeah. Now, you'll find out what Jalen Hurts is really about this this week because now there's a book on him, right? Mm-hmm. NFL quarterbacks always look pretty good that first week. When there's not a book on you. Now there's a book on you and they're going to find out what they do, what he likes to do. Philly, who, who does Philly play this week? I don't have, I'm trying to find it, but I don't see them. They're not jumping off the board at me. They have to be playing. They don't, there's not a bye week left in the season. Is there, there's not some kind of pandemic bye week is, Oh, here we go. They play at the Cardinals. The Cardinals will look at the film and find out. What even your worst defense is in the National Football League doesn't matter. Which Cardinals, I would say, is middle of the pack. They're going to find out what he likes to do. They're going to take that away and make him do other things. And that'll be the true litmus test. From a fantasy football standpoint, y'all don't go nuts and go out there and start trying to pick up Jalen Hurts. I'm telling you right now, you pick him up and you start him in, in the semifinals of your playoff game, you're going to be kicking yourself in the groin all offseason. The second week of fantasy football, I mean, second week for a for a, a quarterback is always the week, right? You find out more yeah. about about him than any other time because you're, they're going to take away what you have, and now it's going to be fi- now now they're going to have to find out what is your arsenal, right? Yep. Um. But that's I mean that's it in a nutshell for the Raiders. Yeah, they, they obviously have to win this way. I mean, you can't lose the Chargers. We get that, but I. It's in Vegas. You, I mean, you've got to win that game. I know. I'm just pulling like I for you to win the game because I want a, I want a tight AFC playoff race down the stretch. I don't want to see something where it's boring in Week 17. I'm not a Raiders yeah. fan. But I don't hate the Raiders, so I mean, I want to see some excitement. The Dolphins Agreed. they get, and then we talked about this last week. They finish it at Denver. If they're in the conversation going to Denver, that's not a give me game, but you you've got the only way to keep yourself in this in this mix is you you have to win out, but obviously it starts with the Chargers on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. You don't want to look ahead. I mean, I guess you could get lucky if the Dolphins lose to the Patriots, you'd still be in the argument, but you you don't want to leave it up to chance. No. No, I agree. But, you know, that did, you know, I'm just worried like yesterday with that defense. And now we got to, it just leads me to trepidation. I just feel like it's, you know, from what I saw yesterday, unless the offense has another a brilliant game and just puts up a lot of points that, you know, 
Thursday, I'm still worried about what that defense is going to give up. Because yesterday they gave up everything. So, and to me, it just comes down to that. Can they, they can actually make a play on defense? They'll win. But that defense is just a complete dumpster fire, complete shambles. Can, I was can we circle back to the I, fact? I, can we circle back to the fact that you dropped the word trepidation here on a Monday morning? <laughs> <laughs> Who's been teaching you those fancy words, Doug? <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Left, that's all I got left with this team right now are my fancy words. But the only thing left to describe this team is using fancy words because there's not anything fancy about that defense and the way they played yesterday. So they better. They better find some fancy defense for the next three weeks at least. That's what I, they need. You know, do. I don't even know how the Chiefs almost lost that game to the Dolphins. I was watching all the games. I would keep my eye on in there, and all of a sudden, Miami rattled off 17 unanswered points and had a chance to win that game in the end. They were looking ahead. You could watch with the Chiefs yesterday. They were just – they've been playing on autopilot, and Miami actually stood up to them. That was just – that's just a clear case of – almost letting the game go, uh, get a, get away from you. That was just, to me, that was probably the laziest game I've seen the Chiefs play. They were just kind of going through the motions. They weren't playing the play. Tug of Viola. <laughs> Everyone's going to go, ooh, he had two touchdowns and 316 yards passing. He was 28 of 48. Yeah. Sacked four times, one interception. His QBR yesterday was 31.3. Which people who don't understand what QBR is, it just let you know that's trash. Um, they had no running game because of all the COVID issues. Uh, DeAndre Washington, he was their leading rusher. He's got they had to pull off the practice squad, thirty-five yards rushing, so nothing there. So I won't put it all on Tua because when you don't have a running game to keep Kansas City honest, you're asking a lot, right? Um, yeah. But that game, Miami came so close to coming back and actually pulling off that miracle upset. The game last night, though, another team that I said is being exposed as a fraud, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like that they've been extremely overrated all year long. And did, did you watch the game last night? Yes. Yes, I did. I felt like for the first time in a long time, I was looking at an old quarterback out there. That's yes. He, he was. Uh, he was yeah. terrible. He was terrible. He was slow. I mean, they just. What can and you I say? I mean, starting. I won't be starting Deontay Johnson again. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I won't either. That is a crap, crap deal because first of all he drops the first pass that's thrown to him yesterday right mm -hmm. they they essentially quit going to him and he had some drops against washington that was overlooked i th i think ben roethlisberger doesn't have any faith in him i'm done starting him i'm out he's he, he he's gonna cost me a uh a league where i had a fighting chance i was down 60 to nothing after thursday more you know going into uh, after Thursday night going to Friday morning, but Derrick Henry got me back in the game, right? But he, I mean, he, he just didn't show up at all. And I think they have gotten tired of him dropping passes. 
And what's happened with Deontay Johnson is he is now just a, a decoy. You don't get fantasy points for decoy. We'll get into fantasy in a second, but I had to bring that up because I'm I'm done with him. I'm so glad some, some you know some of these leagues are not for money this year because <laughs> luckily I don't I don't have him in a single league that's a money league or I'd be sweating it right now. Um, yep. The the Steelers to me they're going to end up with the two seed. They'll be a difficult out. But I don't know if I envision them going into Kansas City and beating the Chiefs. I just don't see how that defense would have to play so phenomenal, put them on their back, because that the Steelers are one-dimensional. They shouldn't be. They have James Conner. But I think they have lost their way of the physical run game because they have focused so much on the pass game. Yeah. Did, did you listen to the broadcast last night? I watch. I wasn't hearing it as well. Why, why do you ask? Well, there was a point where, what is his name? Uh, Chris Collinsworth mm-hmm. was talking about the way that the Steelers move their legs in blocking. And, uh-huh. and, they're, and they're like chopping steps. Did you hear that whole thing? Yeah, most of it, yes. Okay. Now that you're so, it, yeah. So what stood out to me when I first heard that, I was like, okay, well, that I, I get that because if you don't have long strides, you have chopping steps, less of a chance of injury, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're, if your legs are constantly moving, so to speak, you're not, they're not planted and someone lands on you and then, right? And so I'm sure that's where that comes from. Right. But I think what has been lost in that is, Though that is a great technique for pass blocking, I think it's making the run blocking mediocre at best. Because then after after Collinsworth said it, I started watching it. I started watching their legs. And on the run right. plays, they weren't getting any drive on the defensive line. And so when you hand the ball off to Connor or Snell or whoever was in there at the time, they are not getting a good push if you're a running back in the NFL, most of the time you get the ball, you want a puncher's chance of there's at least a hole somewhere right? that I can pop and get a few yards before I make that first contact. What I was seeing last night was the ball would be handed off to whatever tailback it is. doesn't matter because it wasn't their fault. And those short, choppy steps – they were getting no momentum, so they were basically just banging in, in, into the Steelers' offensive linemen who were being taught this technique. It's not like they just came up with them on their own. And it's, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it is some next-gen stats crap that, that came up with this blocking technique. Some kid, like you know, just like, just like you get the same thing in uh, baseball where – where you get the uh, the analytics, I guess is the is the name that I really want to use. Not next gen stats. Stats are what they'll come up with to try to explain why something happens, and they're usually wrong. But the analytics of it, they're trying to teach you new ways to block that it, and get you away from blocking that have only worked for over a hundred years. And some kid in a yoga class <coughs> had an epiphany. 
and went into the front office and has been and, and I guarantee you that's that's where it was planted with that. And that's going to be the the death of the Steelers this year is that they're not playing smash mouth runner match of football. They're they're doing choppy yoga steps. Mhm. Yeah, and if they're going to play the teams they have to play in the you got to play that kind of football. That's how you play Kansas. If you're going to beat Kansas City, that's smash mouth into that uh, that defensive line. It's the only way you're going to beat them. And I only say that because the Raiders drove, when the Raiders' offensive line drove off of Kansas City, even in their loss, 35-31, they were driving Kansas City's defense off the line and getting a lot of yards on scrimmage. I'm going to pose this to, to the guys tomorrow, but I want to get your take. Let's assume the Chiefs get the one seed. Who has the best chance in the AFC of keeping the, the Chiefs from going to the Super Bowl? Believe it or not, your team, the Titans. That's what I'm that's what I'm starting to think. Now the biggest thing that concerns me is they've been roasted through the air. And you're gonna play the Kansas City Chiefs. That may not turn not out well, right? But what they can do is that they can smash smouth the ball and they can mm -hmm. keep the ball away from Mahomes. And if they can play the kind of football they did yesterday, Grant is against the Jaguars. So I don't like I don't get to I don't get I'm not a prisoner of the moment. Oh, they beat the Jaguars 31 to 10. They're back, baby. Look out. Look out. It's the Jaguars. I get it. But that style of football to me is the best chance to beat the Chiefs. Now they've got to get to the Chiefs game. There's a number True. of teams that can knock the knock the Titans off. But I'm start I used to think a month or so ago it it was the Steelers. But I'm starting to think it's the Tennessee Titans. I'm starting to think that too. I mean, you just do Derek Henry what I call, I call you just Riggins Riggins the heck out of Kansas City, you can win that game. Just take Derrick Henry and just, you know, 34 option right, 34 option left, and just keep pounding them and pounding them. Because I do know Kansas City, that defensive line will quit if you hit it too hard. Here's and the thing. Just... Here's the thing, Doug. They can't abandon it. They abandoned it last year in the AFC Championship game. They had a yes. lead on the Chiefs. They were running the ball well, play action well. They get in the second half. Mahomes got the kickoff, scored a touchdown. Titans got the ball back. If memory serves me correct, it was like a three and out or it was a very, very short drive. Mahomes gets the ball, scores a touchdown, and then they just abandoned the damn game plan and tried to chuck it with them. You yep. have got to – you have to die on that hill, and you may lose the game – but you will be within – it'll give you a puncher's chance at the end if you continue to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. Because you can't let your – you cannot let – I think the biggest thing to putting the ball in Henry's hands, it's not that he's like so unstoppable force. It's that he's eating the clock up. He's drawing the safeties in for play action. But the biggest thing is he's keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands, right? Yeah. And they they've got to die on that hill. You cannot all of a sudden think that you're gonna run and shoot and chuck and duck with Tannehill versus Mahomes. You're gonna lose that every, every ninety nine times out of a hundred. You're gonna lose that game. Mm -hmm. And you got to keep that secondary 
fresh, and you've got to keep that secondary to where I almost say you have to start blitzing. Make him make business decisions, right? Make him go out there and decide, am I going to take this hit or am I going to, or am I going to live to fight another day? Mahomes will make mistakes if you force him into it. Because I saw it yesterday, one of the turnovers that uh, Mahomes had yesterday, he was going to his left. We've seen him do this before. He was going to his left. He's chucking it towards his right. He overthrew CEH by, I'm telling you, it, it was it was a foot over his head. And it was an easy interception for, for Miami, right? That's going to mm-hmm. get glossed over because they won the game and he put up good stats. I get that. But what I'm saying is, I, I, I was telling a buddy, as soon as that happened, I said, look, I contend, and I still say to this day, they're going to regret that 50-year contract or whatever the hell they gave Mahomes, right? Because as he gets older, and Father Time is undefeated, but as he gets older, five years from now, these off-balance, awkward chuck passes are going to get more and more inaccurate. And because he he doesn't seem like a gym rat to me, he seems like a guy that's just ridiculously gifted. In a way, we mm-hmm. go. If you could force him into making these, he threw three interceptions yesterday. Yeah, that's how Miami got back in the ball game. He threw three interceptions. Why did he throw three interceptions? Because he he was sacked three times and hurried. I think six or seven is what I saw. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, he has the ability to just roast that Tennessee secondary because Baker Mayfield can do it, he can do it. But I think the yeah. best chance to upset the Chiefs might be the Tennessee Titans. I could see the Colts. I just have no faith in Phillip Rivers doing that in January. I just I, I just don't. No. Phillip Rivers going into Kansas City, because you're not going to play him at home, going into Kansas City. Uh, <clears throat> Philip Rivers had a pretty good team when he went into New England a few years ago and just got thumped. Anyways, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to complain about our fancy football teams. Uh, I know one team in particular that Doug's probably not too happy with. <laughs> I skunked you. We'll be back in a flash. Uh, hey, can I get leather pants? No. Why not? Because you need something that lets the farts out. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio. Living in an era of baseball where the impossible is unfolding right before our eyes. Salvador Perez. The 2-2. Popped up. Sandoval. In foul territory. Giants win. A World Series win for the San Francisco Giants. For the third time in the last five years. And their hero, Madison Bumgarner. The one-two again. Inside corner. The Royals. 2015 World Champion. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant. The Cubs win the World Series. Bryant makes the play. It's over. And the Cubs have finally won it all. But the game right now is at the plate. High fly ball. Armchair. 
Are you a gun enthusiast? Love to shop for guns, or also looking for friendly service? Well, you're in luck. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Staff is very knowledgeable, happy to see you when you walk through the door, and can assist you with all your gun shopping needs. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, such as Ruger, Beretta, Six Hour, HK, and LWRC. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop, a proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com, listen to the armchair quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations present Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the Air in The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Hello, my friends, the time is here. It's the very best of all times of the year. It's the reason I'm cheesing and feeling so fine. It's fantasy football time. It's fantasy football. Time. Uh, we do want to hit some breaking news uh, just so that everybody um, is aware of what's going on in the real world. The FDA has officially approved the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine for, emer- for emergency distribution in the United States. So that is going to be rolling out the door as we speak they are loading it on trucks to get it. I, we, we thought it would get uh, announced much earlier than this. Uh, I don't know what made them drag their heels so much. We thought it could happen as early as uh, Friday, Friday uh, afternoon, Friday evening. But anyways, um, there you have that. So uh, big, big, big stuff uh, going on in, in the real world. You get that Pfizer vaccine. And the thing that I've heard, Doug, is that they expect the Moderna vaccine to be same same situation to be set up by, by Friday of this week. And they think there's going to be a total of five or six available by mid-January. The Johnson and Johnson one, I think, is what everyone's going to be looking for because a lot of these are – Two shot vaccines, you have to take one, and then I don't know, I don't, I don't know what the time period is. You take another one. I don't, I don't know if you have to take them both at the same time or how that works. But uh, the Johnson and Johnson one is going to be a, a one shop, one shot, and you're and you're done. So, I'll be honest good, with you, good. I don't, I don't know much about Pfizer and Moderna. I know Johnson and Johnson is just being a kid. Always John. I think I trust Johnson and Johnson over anybody. So, um, yeah, it's an American 
company. I know that sounds narrow-minded to say that, but I think I'm waiting for the Johnson & Johnson one. Let all the other bugs get worked out of the other junk. Um, so, by the way, uh, I guess the YouTube TV is finally back up and running. I, I was able to... I was complaining about this beginning of the... Evidently, Google itself crashed. Google, which runs YouTube TV, which means you could not sign back into your crap. So I woke <coughs> up this morning. I always have the television running uh, in, in the mornings I'm getting ready. And I, I switch rooms. I come out here. And as soon as I come out here, I try to log in. And I thought it was one of those things where they logged you out and you need to log back in because it's been so long since you logged in. I was like, crap, do, do they really have to pull this junk while I'm getting ready for the show? Especially a Monday morning show. I'm usually a lot of stuff I'm trying to get get in front of me, stats and whatnot. Right. And they wouldn't let me re-sign back in. Whoops, something went wrong. Whoops, something went wrong. I tried on all my devices. You've been here. You know how many devices I have. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I couldn't even get it on, I couldn't even get it on a desktop. Couldn't go to YouTube TV on a desktop. And I couldn't get other streaming services to communicate. So in other words, like my ESPN Plus, I couldn't watch ESPN on that because it wouldn't communicate with Google, which which run or yeah, Google, which runs YouTube TV. So I was like, what the I mean, I was cussing up a storm. My wife texts me, I guess she heard it on the radio on her way to work, that it was down throughout the United States. It wasn't just like hour which i kind of figured i figured it can't if it was one device okay but for it to be all my devices they don't know where these televisions are sitting right you know they don't know they're all yeah. side by side so i was like something's wrong but, it, but google was down as well hmm. google was having problems and it wasn't communicating which is what was screwing up youtube tv so i don't know if they had an attack or what but man it pissed me off um <laughs> Anyways, uh, and it's funny because I was pissed and I sent out a thing on, on YouTube's thread that said, uh, you know, fix your poop emoji, YouTube TV, can't sign in repeatedly. Always a poop show. That, that's the cleanest way I can say it. Um, always dropping the ball. And so I, I just went back into Twitter a second ago and I had like 48 notifications. What the hell am I? What are all these notifications? I never had this many, right? And it was people retweeting and commenting on that. So evidently, it was, it was down in the Twin Cities. It was down in Nevada, a bunch of a bunch of places. So there you have that. Um, so Google's back up and running, and the COVID nineteen vaccine is on the way. Things are getting back to normal. Life is good. We're gonna get baseball yep. back. I don't know why people keep saying, "Well, I don't know how many games we're gonna get played in this year." I mean, why why is it going to change? We have the vaccine now. Baseball season starts four months from now. Why the hell wouldn't you have fans in the stands game one? Why? What? What, what is this holdup that everyone thinks is going to be? Just pessimism, I guess. I don't know. These... It's got to be I... what it is. You know what it is? We know what it comes down to. <clears throat> Even though they've elected him out of office, they still don't want to give their current president any credit <laughs> no about the fact that he pushed this through right yeah what the hell did he call it operation uh warp speed yeah when we were being told <coughs> excuse me when we were being told back in 
April and May, that it could be a year and a half, two years, up to five years before we have a vaccine. He said, ah, oh, hold my beer. He got this thing done in six months, essentially. They started working on the vaccine. Obviously, they started working on it immediately in March, but it really got rolling around April or May. And we have a vaccine sitting in December. That's unheard of. Yeah. Now, I'd like to know why we can't have a vaccine for cancer or something, but don't let me peel back that onion. Because <laughs> the money. Yeah, he looked, always followed the money. The money is the money is in the treatment, not the cure. Mm-hmm. But with, with with COVID-19, they had to have the cure because they were shutting down everything for it. If if cancer yeah. if cancer was contagious, we would we would we'd find a way to to fix that as well. Yep. Well, there's and there's so much money in cancer research. So, oh as long yeah. As they, if, if you fix it, everyone's out of a job. Yep. Like, dude, we figured it out in 1972. Shut up. Shh. Well. <laughs> Take this pill. Uh. Take this pill. <laughs> it'll it'll stave it off for a little bit. Yes. <clears throat> Anyways, fantasy, f- fantasy. I, I, I want to call it much worse. Fantasy complaint time. <laughs> All right. So we go to the fantasy board, and the first thing that jumps out at me <clears throat> is just lay down, please. Scored 143 <laughs> points this week, which is actually yeah. not a terrible score. It's not. It's it's middle of the road. I'd say around 150. Yeah is usually around mediocre 160 usually gives you a, 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 a puncher's chance to win. You ran into shepherds. We shall be. <laughs> <laughs> and some guy by the name of Derek Henry went banana hammock on you. Um, uh-huh. 57.8 points. <clears throat> Not to mention I got uh, 28 out of Kelsey. Eight. 25 and- out of AJ Brown. And the Washington defense rattled off 40. 40. Amazing. Amazing. I did all this with Deontay Johnson scoring me six points. <clears throat> you, ain't, you ain't making it to the next round, baby boy. I can tell you that right now, Deontay Johnson. Just like, just lay down, please. You are not going to see the light of day. Is there anything, all right, well, is there anything that you could have done that would have changed your destiny? Because sometimes I look at these and go, you know what? I can live with it because there's nothing I could have done. My entire team, oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm looking at your team. Everything sucked. The, the, only, the only thing I guess you could have done is put T.Y. Hilton in your lineup. As I'm just going to say just T.Y. Hilton just to make it look better. Just, just so it wasn't as bad maybe, but that right. was about it. <clears throat> I, you know, in this league in this season, it, you know, I didn't, I didn't draft this team correctly anyway. You know, it was an okay team, but I'd say what killed you is your your running back situation. Oh yeah, yeah that that murdered me. Jacobs is on is wounded, and I don't have anybody else to back him up. And that's and that's coming out of the draft. So, I mean, I have to admit, in the end, I really don't have anybody to blame but myself. So, what do you do? Yeah, you know, the king is dead. I, I my. My title reign as auction two champion has come to an end. The king so. is dead. <laughs> the king is dead. <laughs> oh, the king is dead. I love it. I'm going to lose to Jackson Panthers unless 
What is this guy's name? Jarvis Landry has six fumbles. That's that's the only way I win. Six oh, fumbles in no. Well, I don't even know how that could happen because he would have it have to be six reverses. Because if he catches a pass, he's going to gain a half point. So that'd be like seven fumbles, and that's not going to happen. So it's absolutely no chance in hell of uh, winning. And it was all because he started Los Angeles Rams on defense, and I started. Carolina against my better judgment. I listened to too many of these so-called experts in the last minute. I said, all right, screw it. I'm going to go with Carolina. They're at home. They're playing Denver. It's a terrible offense. I don't know what Arizona is going to do. They've played poorly and on the road. Daniel Jones is back. Little did I know Daniel Jones should not have been playing. He looked injured the whole time. Then they finally pulled him when he re-injured Samson, but he did not look ready to go. If I would have known that, I would have started. I win because I put Arizona in and they scored 42. But anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. There's a couple other things I could have done. Would have made slight differences. But when it's all said and done, Deontay Johnson and the Carolina defense did me in. If I would have put Amari Cooper in over Deontay Johnson, I would have gained a few points there. But the real thing, I think the only thing that would have actually gotten me the W would have been putting Arizona's defense, which I had over Carolina. That's just just the way it crumbles. I've got another league where this team has not been very good all year. I have just, I just, I Zeke Elliott was my number one pick. I had the first or I either had the second or third pick because I, I know what I would take in CMC if I would have the. So I either had the second or third pick, and the rest is history. Right. I have not had a bell cow. Even the guy that's been my best player on this team, James Robinson, who I picked up, he didn't have a great game. He only scored 12 points. And I'm going to, I slowly but surely lost to, um, this team that honestly, his team sucks too. He's not going to make it very far, but it is what it is. So sometimes I can catch lightning in the bottle in these playoffs and I go, man, I can't believe this terrible team won the championship. This team, this team was terrible and it deserves to be continue to be terrible. Um, you got any games tonight that you're like, dude, I need this and I need that. Oh, no, by the way, I, I pounded uh Steven in the uh, reggae auction league. Oh, you did? He scored oh. 89 points. His team is atrocious. Oh, goodness. Let's see. Let's see. I got to see this one. All right. Hang on. Oh. oh, my God. In the Armchair Host League, I doubled up Carr's team. 204 to 105. I had to have had, to have had Derrick Henry in this league. No, I didn't. I didn't even have Derrick Henry in that league. Just every one of my dudes stood up. Good Lord. His team sucked. But yeah, the. Wow. Uh, Hang on, what's the radio? Yeah, uh, Vinegar Stroke. Yeah, Vinegar Stroke, yeah. My God. His team is just awful. Matt, last week he told us on the show, I can't wait to bring this up to him tomorrow. I know he's not listening right now. He's, he's usually at work by now. Last week he told us on the show, I asked them. Doug, I asked him, look, who are you absolutely done with? Who are you not going to start? 
because the playoffs start this week in most leagues, and I'm not playing that game. You you know who he told me? Mm -mm. Matt Ryan. You know who he started at quarterback this week against me? Matt Ryan. I don't even see another quarterback on his roster. So he did, he didn't even attempt to pick someone up to help his roster. I can't fault him for putting New Orleans in. Look, everyone expected New Orleans to just jump all over Jalen Hurts. That wasn't the case. Um, Dallas Godert. I'm a little surprised he started him. Rookie quarterback. I would have wanted to see is is the tight end a thing with him. Kenyon Drake, this goes back to way back in the draft. I told him, no, don't draft Kenyon Drake. I told everyone don't draft Kenyon Drake. What did he do? He drafted Kenyon Drake. Robert Woods, I won't kill him for. That is that is what it is. Terry McLaurin, that was a big gamble to start him considering how bad he's been recently. He was coming off of a injury and he's going to play at San Francisco. But Matt Ryan... There had to be something better than Matt Ryan out there. The the weeks before this, he had Matt Ryan had scored minus .72. A quarterback gets you negative points. When the hell does that ever happen? Ooh. 18 points I, against Vegas. That was the game that they blew Vegas out 43-6. He still only had 18 points. And 13 well, points yeah. against the Saints. Yeah, why would you expect a different result this week? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look and see. Does he absolutely have no option at quarterback this week? Was there nothing he could have done? Let's see. And we pull up the stats for week 14. Well, Drew Locke, you couldn't have predicted, right? 37 points, you just couldn't have predicted that. But his boy Tua got a 32. Trubisky, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't necessarily go with that. Jalen Hurts, you couldn't figure he would score over twenty. But I'm just looking at a couple of options he could have had. Mm-hmm. The one that jumps out at me is Tua and Taysom Hill. Both of them scored. Well, Tua scored thirty two, but Taysom Hill had had nineteen, almost twenty. And I would have taken a risk on Kirk Cousins over, over. Not that he would have won the the game anyways, but my point is, why are you going to say on Tuesday that this you're over this guy, and I, I just I can't start him, and then on Sunday you're like, you know what, it's playoffs, I got I got to start him. I'm not going to pick up anybody and try to win this game. Yeah, I'd have put a flyer yeah. out if I was that burned on. See, I, I didn't draft Matt Ryan. I told people not to draft him this year. But I, if I would have had Matt Ryan in any league, I would have would, would have been aware how bad he'd been over the last several weeks, and I I would have thrown a dart at something, anything. But any, I don't know. There's close to 15 quarterbacks that uh, get, gave better performances than him. Yeah, you could put in Washington's quarterback and gotten a better result. I'm going to, well, I won the auction one. Yes. I'm going to lose the, the keeper two to four. That was the one, one with the defensive issues. 
Defense wins championships, baby. Um, I'm going to win the reggae auction one, and I'm going to win the host league. That team's not very good, but it, you know, it, it's going to find its way into the championship, I got a feeling. <clears throat> yeah. Do you have anything tonight that you're like, man, I, I really need this to happen? No. I mean, both my teams, like I said, they somersaulted backwards with so many injuries. I'm dead in the water. So, uh, I mean, J.K. Robbins, that, that's how bad that one team is, J.K. Robbins for a couple of points, but that's about it. it I'm, I'm done. That was in the keeper league. I'm as bad in the keeper league as Troy was. In, how many teams do you have left in our our leagues? Uh, I've got two more. In the radio league and in the reggae league, I had buys this week. Gotcha. So. Okay. In my ESPN Bozo League, where the commissioner doesn't know what he's doing, um, but I'm hell bound and determined to win this damn league, and then and then I'm gonna walk. I'm, I'm gonna drop the mic and get out of this league. But I, I want to win this damn thing. Um, I've actually doing pretty decent. So this is where you get stuck. Weeks 14 and 15 is one game. Weeks 16 and 17 is another game. I don't hate those theories. I just wish it was 13, 14, 15, 16, because week 17 turns into an absolute disaster. You never know who's going to play. You could, you could have the best team in the league and only score 16 points that week because everyone gets benched. So it's, it's a disaster. It's a disaster of a design. It's ESPN's fault. I will not blame him on that one. I don't know. There might be an option to go a week before that, but regardless, ESPN shouldn't have that as a, as an option. It's dumb. Um, one of three hundred seventy five thousand reasons why ESPN's fantasy is garbage. But he is in the clubhouse. Now this is a lower scoring league with a hundred points. He has Kareem Hunt left to play. I have Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews left to play. I have 110 points. He has 100. So I got a 10-point lead. I've got two guys. He has one. I should have the lead coming out of the first week. I wanted to have a much bigger lead so I didn't have to sweat into week two of this first matchup. But... Deontay Johnson did me no favors. And Duke Johnson was a terrible decision. I streamed him. But I'm looking at my scores. Sadly enough, I couldn't have done anything better. There was some low scoring in fantasy this week. Yeah, there was. I left Terry McLaurin on the bench, which I'm glad I did. It was really between Terry McLaurin and Duke Johnson for me. And somehow Duke Johnson's terrible day still outscored Terry McLaurin. The only thing I could have done different was back on Thursday start Cooper Cup, but he only got a decent week because he snuck into the end zone. So next week I should have, I'm guessing a 20-ish point lead. It could be much higher than that if Cream Hunt doesn't do anything. But let's say I have a 20, 20, let's say 20 to 30-point league, that's a pretty substantial league in this league. That that would be like in our league, having close to a 50-point league. Like, you would have to really outperform the other guy by a lot to be able to catch. So I feel pretty good about that league. In my big money league, I had a buy, so I'm lucky on that one. 
I don't talk about how much I put in on that one because it would probably disgust most people and might <laughs> and it might also get the IRS involved. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. My wife doesn't even know how, how, how you know how much I put in on that one. I've always done well and I've always you know at least get my money back. That's why she's never known like what the hell happened to all our money? Oh well, you know. Oh, Deontay Johnson didn't, didn't catch that ball. <laughs> but the guys that I'm in the league with are much better off than I am financially. I'll just put it that way. But I, I've known these guys for a long time. They continue. They they like to try to beat me because of what I do, right? Because I'm a fantasy football guy and sports talk radio guy. Uh-huh. So that's why they continue to let me play. And I usually get the better of them in the in the long run. I, I've I've won much more than anyone else in the league. If it wasn't for that, they they would be like, get the hell out of our league, man. This this is this is rigged. <laughs> this, this is this is this is BS. But they're they're very competitive in their in their other jobs and their other walks of life. So they are all about you know no we're going to prove to you this year. They they would love to find a year where I, I don't make the playoffs. That's never happened. As I knock on wood for that, but uh, yeah, if it ever happens, I'm gonna be up up, up the creek because <laughs> it is quite the pay-in, the buy-in. What, what, but what I've been doing for years is I let them keep my buy-in for the next year, and then whatever I get back, you know, I'll I'll take that money. But that way, next year I'm not pulling it out of my. So I, I've been able to to roll that over every single, all, well, almost every year. That's a life I told you every year. It's been it's it's been pretty consistent though. But that league, I have a buy-in, and let me see how that team would have done. Man, I would kind of wish I would have played this week. That team scored 182, and that's an ESPN. That's like 250 in real world. Like oh, okay. like in our Yahoo, if you score one eighty two uh, in this league, that's at least two twenty five, if not two fifty. Wow, I've had some good fortune with that. I I hit pay dirt with uh, Jonathan Taylor, but I I've got some tough decisions to make next week in that. Do I trust Cam Akers? Hmm. Are they going to give that ball to him? You can't predict at all with that team. You can't predict anything with that. But them. he had 29 carries against the New England Patriots, and they're at home against the New York Jets. I think you got to put him in, don't you? Got to. Yeah. I Especially if you're playing the Jets, yes. I can't not put him in. Yeah. It's going to be crazy for me to go down the stretch with him and David Montgomery. David Montgomery. Well Montgomery, played, well, Montgomery played well yesterday. A guy dropped him in this league. That's how I ended up with David Montgomery. Well, he, it's smart. I mean, with Nagy, with Nagy gone and whoever's running it right now, it seems like the uh, Bears are playing a little bit better this week. So, Well, this I league has a very shallow bench. Four players, right? Oh. It's a pretty okay. deep league. And I don't know why I don't know his circumstance, but it was right after the Tennessee game he dropped to Montgomery. I know he didn't play in the Minnesota game; he was banged up. 
and then they were going to be on a bye. I guess he figured I can't go three weeks without a running back, right? So he dropped him. I scooped him up, and since he came back off that bye, he's had 103 yards rushing, 72 yards rushing, 113 yards rushing, and a total of four touchdowns, three on the ground, one through the air, and he's had a total of 82... 91, 131 yards receiving during that time period, too. Mm-hmm. Well, what is your walk-off for the day, sir? Well, we talked so much. I never got to talk to about it when it happened, but just baseball for a second. Yeah. It, it just the Reds trading Rezio Iglesias to the Angels for absolutely nothing. We got absolutely nothing out of that trade. Nothing. We ended up with two people I don't think I've even heard of and some cash. Let me ask you so, something. What was the deal on on, on Iglesias' uh, contract? Was he in his final year? Yes. I guess that's their only yeah, reasoning he, behind it. But, hell, they've been talking crazy with the Reds. All uh, the, the Reds must have lost a lot of money because they're talking crazy about trading Sonny Gray. And my question yeah, that was is... If you do that, what are you getting for this? Well, I, if this is any uh, indication what they're going to do, we're going to all we're going to end up is with twenty dollars in a broken car or a dead horse. If this is the kind of trading they're going to do, I just when I saw that trade come through, I thought we were going to get something, somebody. But uh, I'm sorry, what's what's the name? Leo Rivas and and. I don't know who the other guy is. I'm just saying. Well, they're, just, well, they're prospects, and they're highly thought of prospects, but they're not ready-made prospects, meaning I don't believe either one of them are ready to to step in this year. I could be wrong about that. For before, when, I, when, that when the article came out, I read it, and the first thing that I took away from it was this was building for, like, 2022, 2023, not making the run now, and they're talking about training away gray Okay, here's the here's the issue I have with that. They've been bad for a while. They finally had a pretty good year. Fans are going to be let back in the stands. That is a baseball town. For people who don't oh, understand, does. Cincinnati is not a football town. That is a baseball town. Yeah. You would have had some real excitement in that in those stands. Man, I would have done anything I could do to sign Bauer to be honest with you. That was the one thing I was thinking about that was maybe they're trying to move money around to keep him there. That's the only thing maybe that they might, might Look, be if trying that to happens, do. Is have- then that's fine. But yeah. it sounds like they're selling off because if they trade Sonny Gray for nobody, nobody, I don't know. My, my walk off for the day is I'll tell you what, the National League East is going to be a dog fight for years to come. We, in the sports flash, I told you that the the Mets signed new, their new general manager. He is uh, he's basically a disciple of Theo Epstein. Maybe makes a lot of people believe that Theo Epstein's coming to help the Mets within the next yeah. year. That he'll be the general manager, but Theo Epstein's going to be some kind of managing partner or something. But when you get outside of that and you get out from under that. 
Okay, so the Mets are going to be real players. They signed McCann over the uh, over the weekend. James McCann, four years, forty million. I saw a lot of Mets fans excited about that, saying he's above average catcher. He's not. He's an average catcher. I looked at his numbers. It, there, there's this there's this belief that he has a high ceiling and hasn't yet hit it yet. And I'm, okay, that's cool. He's thirty one years old. <coughs> Whatever yeah. you've done done is who you are. In baseball, unless you're going to get roided up or something, 31, you're on the backside of your career. So I don't know if I would have signed that deal. I didn't real for some reason I thought he, he was closer to 28, 31. I would have not signed a four year deal, 40 million. They're going to regret that that particular deal. But okay, they're the Mets. They'll be able to eat that money down the road, so that it probably won't be that big a deal. It's not a terrible. You know, 10 million is not that terrible of a deal. But they're going to be big players for someone like a Trevor Bauer, or they're going to get at least one. I think I, I still say the Mets are going to get two big name, two big name acquisitions this year. Whether it's a trade before Lindor or they sign uh, Bauer, they're going to put some. I think George Springer's headed there. I could see Bauer and Springer, but then what got lost over the weekend was Thursday or Friday, I believe it was. Dave Dombrowski was hired as the new Phillies general manager. Mm. And we all know he, he, he won a title with the Marlins, but most recently <coughs> Dombrowski won the title for the, uh, for the Red Sox in 2018. Yeah. Now he will tear apart your farm system. It is going to be worthless by the time he's done with it, but, it, but he'll, but he'll get you W's. He'll probably get you a championship. He never quite pulled it off in Detroit, but Detroit was very, very uh, competitive, and they made it to two World Series under him. Yes, you know they lost both of them, but he they made the, and they made it to the ALCS against Boston in 2013 when Boston ended up winning. I still say Detroit was the second best team in baseball that year. They just happened to be in the yep. American League. Yep, Dombrowski. The only mistake he well he didn't make it, but that team made. Was not when they signed uh, Verlander. They didn't. They promised to sign the. Uh, I can't remember his name now. The other one, the great, the, the one who's with Washington now, Max, whatever his uh, name Scherzer. is. Scherzer. Scherzer. Scherzer took that personally, and that was the beginning of the end of that team. They should Scherzer have. Re- you you know where they really screwed up at? <coughs> signing Verlander is fine, but you know where they really screwed up at? That money that they wasted on Miguel Cabrera that they're still going to be paying for the next several years, that yeah. money should have been reallocated into keeping Scherzer. If you would have had Scherzer yep. and Verlander this whole time, the Tigers would still be good. Yep. Well, the thing is, it wasn't that they couldn't keep Scherzer. Scherzer wasn't going to take any money from Detroit under any circumstances because he had a personal guarantee that he was going to be signed first, and he took it as a betrayal when they didn't sign him ahead of sign, re-upping Verlander, and he took but that he, personally. But money talks and BS walks, and that he would it would have gotten he would have gotten over it with the check. But they, oh. but but Detroit got painted into a corner when when they gave yes, all that money Miguel. to Cabrera. They didn't have the. Yep. They offered him a, a a contract at that point, but it wasn't a real contract because he signed for two hundred seven. 217 or 212 million with the uh always get him and David Price's 
numbers. I, I think Price was 217, so Scherzer was around 212. I want to say the that the Tigers. So regardless, it ended up breaking down about 30 million a year, right? Yeah. Because I remember the big thing was it was it was about a million a start. Great, great work if you can get it right. Um, exactly. But when he was given the the offer from Detroit, it was about half that, a little more. And so, mm-hmm. when it, and it's because of the Cabrera deal was terrible, and they and that's what screwed it up. All right, time yep. to turn back time. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, sixty-seven years ago I'd take today, nineteen fifty-three, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Signed a little-known pitcher by the name of Sandy Koufax. Of course, he would go on to become arguably the greatest left-handed pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. Also in 1958, for those of y'all thought he was just a broadcaster, Mr. Pat Summerall kicks a game-winning field goal for the New York Giants against the Cleveland Browns in Yankee Stadium. And some guy by the name of Bobby Orr scored his first career hat trick in 1968 versus the Blackhawks on this day. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. Happy birthday. Guess I'll try to explain that on this day. 41 years old. Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. His team's falling on hard times. The injury to uh, Grappolo, but I think that team will be back. Hell of a hell of a uh, head coach. And um, if you're a 49er fan, I wouldn't be too concerned. You're going to get all those defensive players back next year. You're going to be ready to roll. I if people keep thinking they're going to try to find a way to get rid of Grappolo. I don't think that's the case. I think the I think that was prisoner of the moment junk on 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 ESPN when they were talking about that about a month ago. Um, You can't give up on him that quick. That's just stupid. I know a team out out in the New England area that would make a trade for you real quick. (laughs) Also, 54 years old today? Is that right? Anthony Mason. Remember Anthony Mason? Yeah. The reason why I bring this up, Anthony Mason, of course, he was uh, power forward back when they had power forwards. He was a real power forward. Anthony Mason knocked hey, your block off. Uh, played for the the uh, couple of teams, including the Hornets, but he's known for the New York Knicks. I bring this up because I I have a question for you. What did you think about the uh, fantasy basketball draft? I liked it. I mean, it was it was okay. Uh, you know, I had to struggle a little bit because I'm not familiar with every single basketball player like others, but I liked it. It was a it was a good. Well, we were doing a Zoom call with a couple of the guys when we were, were doing it. And I, I told the guys, I said, I said, because they were wanting to know who Doug was. I said, I, I said Doug from from the show goes, oh, okay. So is he a basketball fan? I said, I don't know if he. I've never heard Doug talk about basketball. To be honest with you, I said, but I guarantee you this, Doug's a fantasy sports fan. And I said, yeah. Doug probably doesn't know more than about seven names in the NBA right now. I said he, he probably. <laughs> He probably knows the the all time greats 
in seven current names in the NBA, and that's probably his limit. By week three or four of fantasy basketball, he's going to be able to regurgitate everything there is in the NBA, and he'll be atop the division standings. And they're like, well, why do you say that? I said, because Doug is competitive, and Doug will get in there. And he, I said, I apologize to all his employers because they're going to be yelling at him again because he's going to be dug into his phone. <laughs> <laughs> you're, supposed to be doing, oh, yeah. you're supposed to be doing this and that for jimmy from miami and at his uh establishment and he's like Where, where's doug and you're gonna be in the back smoking and trying to figure out who, who to start and who to play um, uh-huh i'm looking i'm gonna pull up your team real quick and then we'll jump off here um so you got trey young devin booker you 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 really went in thick on the on, on the guards. You got a lot of good guards. Um, yeah, that was again. That's Durant's not going to be. Looking. You know, Kevin Durant's going to be the wild card. I don't know what you got him for, but I think you got him for a lot less than he should have went for. I think a lot of people are worried about his injury he's coming off of, but I think he's going to be fine. He was just more of an insurance pick, and I was picking him up. But that was just a value pick, to be honest with you. That was just. And he went cheap like he did, so I'm like, eh, that's not going to hurt me too bad if it, if it does go bad. So, well, I would have been on him, but to be honest with you, the reason why I didn't end up when he was going, I couldn't go because I'd spent too much money on a couple other players, and I was mm-hmm. like, dude, if I draft him, I think it would have left me with like. I think at that time I would have only had like three players and then I would have had a bunch of one dollar dudes. Right? Right. So it I like my team. I got I got my three favorite players in basketball. So I'm already happy with that. I got Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, and Jason Tatum. So that alone made me happy. And then I filled it in with other guys that I don't know. It's been a while since I've played a competitive league, especially a points league. the The one that I played last year was a uh, was categories, so it's a totally different deal. Um, but I'll be glad when they finally put starting these guys on the injured list and stuff because I've got dudes that are injured that I can't I I can't move around. Are there any guys that you're questioning about? Uh, I don't know. I mean. I guess the only one I'm questioning about is because I've never, because <laughs> I've never heard of them. Is this uh, Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers? He's good. He's on. He's one of, no, he is. Yeah. Okay. He's pretty good. I got lucky then. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah, he, but he's solid. He he he's a solid player. I mean, you you can look at especially if you're on the desktop, you can look and see what he's projected for in his first mm-hmm. games. You know, per game, so to speak. Right. And, uh, I didn't realize how high scoring this is going to be. Like, yeah, this is going to be six, seven hundred points on average for it looks like. Yeah. No, not more than that. I, I'm i playing the Greek freak. Oh, I don't yeah. know if that first week is a big week or, or, or a normal week, but I'm playing the Greek freak in the first round in the first week. We're, uh-huh. we're both uh, expected to score around 900 points. Oh wow! But that that's, yeah. that makes me wonder if that might be because it starts a week from Tuesday, 
I would think it would be a normal week, but they might make it one long week. A week from Tuesday and then Friday is the big game. I mean, uh, Christmas Day is the big game, you know, where everyone's going to play. Mm-hmm. But if that's if nine hundred points is the is the litmus test, woof, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. I don't know if that's um, pr- I, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this and I don't know. It's going to be fun. I I figure this is going to turn into a yearly thing because I know the people playing. I will be invested in it. Yeah. The one I was in last year, I could care less. I didn't know a single person in it. There was no money involved, and I was bored by week two. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, we've ran All right. past time. Uh, great talking to you. We'll see you next Monday. All righty. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. You can I'm going to get if you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that.